it is great to be with you again on this Sunday morning, and uh, I'm quite excited. We are in the middle of a series on the book of Acts, and uh, we've been doing a little mini-series within that. We are in the middle of a mini-series within that on uh, the Holy Spirit, and uh, I, however, this week in a prayer meeting with our elders, we had our first eldership prayer meeting this week with us all in the same room praying together, and it was just amazing just to be together after so long. And in that meeting, I just there was just a real sense of God speaking to me um, through to to me about Elisha and the life of Elisha. In fact, he'd been speaking to me a little bit before that this week, and then kind of came to fruition in the in the elders' prayer. And I and I, I really feel this this message this morning comes to you because I can almost I have a I have a sense or a or a discernment of something of what some people are going through. I know they're going through a tough time. Um, somebody said to Heather this week, I'm feeling melancholic. And whether you're feeling melancholic or whether you're actually on the verge of being depressed or you feel like, wow, what's happening to me here? And I really felt this morning, I just wanted to bring something to encourage you. Um, because all these weeks into lockdown and kind of an uncertain future continues to be an uncertain future. And I want to encourage you this morning through the life of Elisha. Elisha is the, is the prophet in 2 Kings chapter 2. His story starts in 2 Kings chapter 2, um, who takes over from Elijah the prophet. And uh, it's an amazing, it's amazing story, even how he kind of, he, he, he takes over as being the leading prophet in Israel from Elijah. From Elijah. It's an incredible story that on its own, and has a, it's a great preach actually which I'm not going to do this morning because I'm going to do something different. I saw something else in the life of Elisha. But one of the questions that Elijah asks Elisha before he hands over to him, he says to him, Elijah, what can I do for you? What do I want? What do you want? And Elisha says to Elijah, he says, I want a double portion of the spirit that is on you. I want the double portion of your spirit. And Elijah says to him, well, you can have that, but you've got to watch me. You've got to keep your eyes fixed on me when I go when I'm taken up. Elijah was that guy that was taken up into heaven. And, and what was incredible about this is that there was somebody else that was taken up into heaven and his disciples were watching there and the angel said to the disciples, hey, what are you doing? You need to go to Jerusalem. And that was, of course, Jesus in Acts chapter 1. And so there's echoes of Jesus being ascension and, and Elijah's being taken up and Elisha watching him and Jesus's ascension and us being the kind of Elisha generation that, is, that God is wanting to work through now. And uh, so I want to I ask you, go and read 2 Kings chapter 1, right through to 2 Kings chapter 13, and look at the life of Elisha, and see, just see what God says to you through Elisha. I'm really excited about what God is speaking to us and the promises of God that are there for us through the life of Elisha. We are an Elisha generation, friends. We are a generation where God wants to profoundly use and display his kingdom through. And if you read, if you go through Elisha's life, you see him doing many of the same miracles that Jesus did, which God says, Jesus says to us, my spirit that is on me is going to be on you so that you can go and do the same and be my arms and legs and hands and feet to the nations of the world. But this, I want to get to a story um, uh, before I say that. I said to you, there was a question that Elijah asked Elisha, and he said, 
He said, what do you want? And he said this. He said, I want the spirit that is, I want your spirit. And it's not, it's not I want the spirit with a big S. It's a spirit with a small S. And actually what he's saying is, he says, I want a double portion of what you have. I want your heart. I want to do what you do. I want to see what you see. I want to, and so he asked for the firstborn's inheritance, a double portion. Not a double portion, not so that he can do greater miracles than Elijah, but he just wants a double, the, he wants to be the one that is handed the baton over. And there's a handing over the, of the cloak in that story and all those sorts of things. But friends, I want to ask you the question, what do you want? What do you want from this season? Because that's a very important question. What do you want? And uh, I, want to get to, I want to get to that question in the text that I'm going to read now, which is 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 to 21. 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 to 21. This is at the end of Elisha's life. My, the, the, my, the title of my sermon this, today is this. Don't tap out strike the ground. Don't tap out. Strike the ground. It's not a time to tap out. It's a time to strike the ground. And I'll show you where I get that from. Let's have a look at 2 Kings chapter 13 verses verse 14 to 21. Now Elisha was suffering from an illness from which he died. Even that uh, straight away I just think it's incredible friends. This guy Elisha he did profound miracles, signs, wonders, he, did, he fed more people than what there was food. Um, he, did, he, did, he was the guy that was told the, the widow to go and get the jars. And if, if you just started pouring, you uh, just keep filling it. He, he did amazing things. But it says, now Elisha was suffering from an illness from which he died. And can I also say that actually his bones healed. After he was dead, his bones were put into a cave and somebody threw a dead soldier into the cave, and he was raised to life because they touched Elisha's bones. So this was a great prophet that did amazing signs and wonders. But yet it says Elisha was suffering from the illness from, the illness from which he died. He had an illness which he couldn't cure himself of. And he died from that illness. He didn't die from natural causes. I love how real and authentic the scriptures are. Friends, I want to say to you, let's not be, let's not be fake in these times. We can have all the faith and we're going to do this and we can, it's not about white knuckled and about geeing ourselves up, friends. It's about being real with what our walk is. We have our good days, we have our bad days. We have our up moments, we have our down moments. But all in this, actually we can be real and trust God for what he wants to do in and through our lives. Elisha was suffering from an illness from which he died. Joash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. Let me give you some story about Israel at this time. Israel at this time had been weakened because they had walked away from God. In fact, um, under, the, under the, the reign of Jehoahaz, it says this, the army of Jehoahaz had 50 horsemen in it, 10 chariots, and 10,000 foot soldiers. That was it. 50 horsemen, 10 chariots. Remember, the strength of the army was in its horses and its chariots. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but I will trust in the Lord my God. That text is because the strength of the army was in its horse and chariots, and they had hardly any. They had 10,000 foot soldiers. So this was, a, this was an army that was depleted. They had forgotten who God was. They'd walked away from God, and now were in trouble. And now this king comes. He wasn't a good king. He was also walking away from God, but he realizes that actually, actually they walked away from God, and he seeks out Elisha for help. 
And he says this to Elisha, my father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And he goes to Elijah and he cries out to him. He says, Elijah, Elijah, my father, my father. Now he's, he's, he's realizing they're in trouble and he hasn't been good and they've turned away from God. And he says, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel, he realizes and he knows this, is that, is that the true strength of Israel was not in their horses and chariots on earth, but in fact the host of heaven, the chariots and horsemen of Israel, which is something of that, that those chariots and horsemen of what Elisha showed Gehazi a few chapters back when they were surrounded by this incredible army that was going to defeat them. And then he said he opened his eyes and he saw the army of heaven that was greater than the army on earth and they were defeated and they defeated them. And so he goes, he says, my father, my father, with the chariots of horses, he's saying, actually, I acknowledge that my strength does not come from chariots and horses on earth, but actually it comes from the host of heaven. Elisha said, get a bow. Remember, he's asking for help. He's in, he's in trouble. Friends, how many of you feel like you've got no chariots and no horses left? They've all bolted one month, okay. Two months, okay. Three months, yo, no chariots, no horses, no money. What's happening? No income. Where's the hope? Where's the, actually, what's going on? He was that guy. You and I are that man or that woman. Elisha said, go and get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said. And he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The arrow, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Arameans at Apec. He goes to, he goes to, um, he says, open a window, get a bow and an arrow, get an arrow, shoot it out. And that is to declare that the victory over Aram is yours. God is going to give you victory over Aram. Remember, friends, that in, in an ancient custom, in ancient customs in those days, to shoot an arrow or cast a spear into the country um, which you intended to invade, that was, the, that was symbolic of that. And so this thing was an emblem of the commencement of hostilities. And he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God's with you. He's going to give you victory over Aram. And he shoots this, he shoots this arrow over into Aram through the east window that is open. Let's see what else it says. So they are assured of this victory over this, this, this enemy that's fought that they're about to engage. Verse 18. Then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. Elisha told them, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. Then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have, had, would have defeated Aram completely and completely destroyed it. But now you'll defeat it only three times. Elisha died and was buried. I mean, it's quite a thing. This huge man of God, this incredible character in the scriptures. In verse 20, it just says, Elisha died and he was buried. Um, it's almost like all our greatness and all our pomp and ceremony and signs and wonders, but actually compared to what the big picture of what God's doing, he just died and he, buried, he was buried. And it carries on and it says, um, and it goes on to say that his bones was put in a cave and they, they brought to life a soldier that was dead, thrown in. As it touched the bones, the guy stood up. Friends, I want to I look at this text 
of him shooting the arrows. Don't, don't tap out. It's not time to tap out. It's time to strike the ground. And you can see where I'm getting that from. He says what you should have done is you should have, you should have struck the ground five or six times, not three times. What can we learn from this? Well, you see, what had happened here is that he had shot three arrows. In fact, when it says strike the ground, it means strike the ground with arrows. So it's not, it's not take the arrows and hit them on the, on the ground. Commentators say that actually it was take the arrow, you shot one arrow, now go and shoot other arrows and strike the ground of what you want. So, so fight for your inheritance, declare your inheritance. It's a prophetic, it's a prophetic sign of us saying actually that our victory is assured, God is with us, and shoot the arrows, completely defeated, completely um, do what and, and walk into what God has for us. And so he goes and he shoots three arrows. So he takes three arrows out of his bag. He shoots them, one, two, three. And then, and then Elisha says to him, but no, but why, why didn't you shoot all of the arrows? Why didn't you shoot five or six? Why did you only shoot three? Now you're going to only have partial victory. What does this teach us? Because that can kind of seem a little bit unfair. It can seem a little bit unfair. It's like, um, well, if that was so important to Elisha, why didn't you tell me? You know, it's, it's kind of, these are some of the excuses I think we make. But listen, if you actually knew who God was, and you understood that this man was talking, and you had been excited about the victory that was yours, would you not have just emptied your quiver and just gone, shoo, 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 shoo. this is the prophetic sign. Everything I've got, all my military might is going to be in God's hands, and we're going to take it on. But he didn't. He was so half-hearted in his response to Elijah, to Elisha. And so he only shot three arrows. What can we learn from the arrows that he shot? Don't tap out at this time. Don't give up. Rather hear God and let's strike the ground. Let's shoot everything we've got. Let's put everything on God at this time. It's not a time to be half-hearted, friends. It's not a time to be half-baked. It's not a time to be, oh, okay, I'm tired now. Friends, I know we're tired. People are tired. People are tired about worrying and they're tired. Everybody's just getting tighter and tighter. Friends, this is the moment. God wants to give us victory. God wants to take us forward. But we've got a part to play in that in faith. The first thing about shooting the arrows is it required effort and it required aim. Friends, in this time, there's got to be an intentionality. We can't give into the tiredness. We can't give into the news. We can't get distracted by all the voices. Friends, we've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. It requires effort and it requires aim. Where are you aiming? Where are you facing? You know you aim where you face. You don't go into battle with a facing this way and shooting that way. You go into battle facing this way. Where are you aiming? It's amazing in Elisha's life. Elijah said to me, you must keep your eyes fixed on me. And if you watch me go up, I will give you my Mantle, I'll give you what I've got. And three times Elisha says to Elijah says to Elisha in the early chapters of two chapter Kings, says, Listen, God's told me to go here. You just wait here and I He says, No, 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 I'm coming with you. But God's told me to go here. He said, No, 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 I'm coming with you. Friends, there's got to be a sense where we keep our eyes fixed. We do not let Jesus get out of our vision. Where you're aiming. You see. To shoot the arrows, to strike the ground, 
which is what shoot striking the ground. Remember, I said it's shooting arrows. Strike the ground over there with your arrows. Requires effort and it requires aim. Where are you aiming? Number two, it required instruction and help from this man of God, this prophet. Friends, are you are you connecting to the right sources? Are you are you getting help from those around you? Friends, do not isolate yourselves in this time. This, I want to just encourage you, friends, you've got to be connected. There's, there's Zoom groups, there's small groups. We, we're, doing, we, we're starting some business small groups, connecting, just trying to encourage one another. We did a survey of business owners and, and, and business people. There were 52 responses. Must I tell you what the overwhelming request for help is? We just need strengthening and encouragement. Not funding. The second most asked for thing was business strategy. Help us get a strategy. But the most important thing was give us, we just need strengthening and encouragement. Friends, that comes from being with people that can keep you focused on Jesus. I want to ask that one of the things about shooting arrows is that you need help from the people of God. You need instruction. You need, sometimes you need a rebuke. Sometimes you need, listen, keep quiet now. You're distracting yourself. Keep focused on what Jesus is doing. Other times, we just need somebody to lift our arms up. Friends, it requires help from others. The third thing about shooting arrows is this. He shoots those arrows without knowing the exact outcome of what's ahead. He doesn't know exactly what that means. It's done by faith. It's a prophetic sign done by faith to say, actually, God is going to bring the victory. I want to ask you, friends, are we living in faith or are we living in fear? And we've been saying these things for weeks now, but I want to keep reminding you, especially when we are at a place where we're tired and we are just done. We're over it. What's going on here? Friends, I want to say to you, keep doing what you know to do by faith. Keep facing Jesus. Even if you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out, shoot the arrows. Shoot everything you've got. Shoot everything you've got and allow God to do his play, his part. Your part is to have faith and trust him. His part is to bring the victory and to bring the breakthrough. Number four is this. What can we learn about shooting arrows? What we, what we do, we cannot do half-heartedly. Friends, this is why we are fasting in the coming weeks. Friends, we, our hearts need to be all in with God. God, rend your heart, not your garments. The message says, change your hearts or change your lives, not your clothes. It's not about the externals. It's about what's inside of our hearts. And I want to say to you, this, what happened with, 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 um, with this king was that he had a lack of confidence in the processes of God, which led to an ineffective action. Friends, we are in the processes of God right now, where he's dealing with our trust He's dealing with what's important in our lives, where our priorities are. I want to say to you, friends, at this time, in this moment, do not lack confidence in the ability of God. Do not lack confidence in the character of God. And do not lack confidence in the processes of God. We are all in the processes of God now. What we need is to not be half-hearted. Friends, there is no silver bullet to come through this thing. There isn't a quick fix moment of prayer or a moment of communion or a moment with God that's going to get, that all of a sudden it's going to go away. Actually, friends, this is a moment 
where we fix our eyes on Jesus and he will pull us through this into victory. Not just into the same as we were before, but I believe into more of what he has for us. And I I want to exhort you. Put your confidence back in God. Don't think, oh, well, three should be fine, but there's still six in the, the quiver. Empty your quiver. Shoot all of it. Hit the ground all the time. Don't tap out. Hit the ground. Strike the ground with everything you've got. What he's saying is that actually everything, there's nothing left in reserve. It's all out there. Prophetically, I'm going to put everything out there. Arrows and bows and arrows with with signs of a strength, with sign of a military strength. And he's saying, actually, I've got nothing in reserve. It's all out there. God, we're in your hands. I want to encourage you at this time. Don't lack confidence in the character of God. Don't lack confidence in the ability of God. Don't lack confidence in the power of God. Don't lack confidence in the processes of God in our time. He has got us. He's going to get us through this. The fifth thing that we learned from shooting the arrows, it had to be done through an open window. You know what that means, friends? This is what I think it means, prophetically. That we have got a window of time, we have a moment in God in which to put our trust in Him. Friends, you know what? We can get through this and maybe we get through this without God. Or maybe we get through this with a half-hearted passion. We just survive through and we kind of can get through But friends, there is a moment in God where he wants to take us deeper. You know, revival out there starts with revival in here. And God wants to start a revival in our hearts. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Call the people to fast. Let them come back to me with all of their heart. That's what Joel says. And that's what we want to be. There's a window, there's a moment in time that we don't want to miss in God. There's a moment in time that you don't want to miss in God. If your most important thing in your life is your relationship with him and what he's asking you to do, and he is your priority, friends, there's a moment now to make him your priority and go hard after him. Shoot everything you've got. Put everything in him. Must keep shooting arrows, friends. We cannot content ourselves with a small effort in God in these days. With a half-hearted effort, friends, we've got to shoot everything. We cannot cannot be on the back foot. And I want to pray at the end of this that God will put us into the front foot and stir a faith in us, friends. And that's what we're going to be praying for when we fast together. Lastly, I want to say this, and this is absolutely key. Failing to shoot the arrows or strike the ground hurts others, not just yourself. Friends, we have an opportunity now for this king. If he... Remember, if he had shot all the arrows, all of the people would have walked into their inheritance or would have won the battle. So what he did affected others. And I want to say to us at this time, your breakthrough, your confidence in Jesus, you shooting and striking the ground with everything you've got has an impact not only in your life and in your family, but in those around you. We owe it to God and to those around us in love to come before him and say, God, we're putting everything in you. We, I want breakthrough, and I want to see us get through this. But more than that, I want to see all of us come into your inheritance. Isn't that an incredible moment in God, friends? Friends, let, let's not make excuses. Let's not think, oh, we're, gonna, we're just asking for too much. This is not a season where you can ask for too much. 
This is not a season that you can be presumptuous. I believe God just wants, to, wants us to shoot the whole lot. Big asks in God. Big actions in God. Big moments in God is what it is going to make and mark this season in Him. You can't say, well, you know what? I'm not a big archer. I'm, I'm a king or I'm, a, I'm not a big archer. Friends, God is asking you to shoot it all. Let's not make excuses. You can't think, well, I, I thought three was plenty. Friends, get before God and say, God, what is it that you want from me in this season? I want to put myself in your hands. I love in the life of Elisha. When Elijah calls him, he says, come, come and follow me. Elijah was behind 12 oxen with a plow plowing the ground. And it says, Elijah stopped plowing. He slut, he killed one of the oxen, and he made a, made a fire out of the plow, and they ate. It was like he was saying, I'm going to follow you, and then he followed him. I'm going to follow you, and there's no going back. I want to say, friends, we've got to say in these moments, and I want to call us into something big today. There's a big moment in God that we've got to, no turning back. We all in. Rend my heart, O oh God, and not my garments. It's not about how I look. It's about who I am in you. Father, I want more of you. And I want you. And he's saying, yeah, but Stan, I want more of you. This is a big moment in God. Friends, I want to encourage us in these days. Let's not tap out. Let's strike the ground with intent. The Spirit of God is hovering over us, friends. The Spirit of God is hovering over His church at the moment to bring something new to birth in our hearts. The Spirit of God is over us, asking us, moving, drawing us, pulling us into more of what He has for us. Let's not at this time, because we're tired and because we're cynical, and because, friends, the government, please can I just say, please stop making excuses about the government, the this, the that. Friends, we have a mandate under God to get before Him and say, God, we're going to shoot everything we've got. We're all in you. Our trust is fully in you in this time. Please, will you break through and come through in your mighty name? Isn't this encouraging? Isn't this incredibly encouraging for us? Go and study the life of Elisha. Go and study the life of Elisha and just see. I did a whole lot of preaches at the end of last year on, on some of the miracles of Elisha. And it's amazing that God kind of did that last this year and then is highlighting this thing of the ascension of Jesus and the ascension of, of Elisha and kind of unpacking this Elisha theme again now in these times. But I want to say bless you. We're praying for you. We're praying for you to shoot everything, to strike the ground and not tap out. Praying for strength for you. Declaring God's goodness over you. Declaring that God will strengthen you. Numbers chapter 6, the blessing of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The way God's going to bless us, friends, He's going to guard you. He's going to keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. It says the second one means God's going to give you favor. He's going to, His shining face, He says, is going to give you favor. And then second, He says, He's going to lift His countenance. He's going to turn His face to you and He's going to give you peace. He's going to give you shalom. He's going to give you just general well-being, you're going to be at rest. And that's my prayer for us, that this breakthrough, if we shoot and put everything into God, there's incredible moments of peace, there's incredible times of favor, and there's incredible times of protection and guarding. Guarding your business, guarding your family, guarding your body, 
guarding everything. God is, God is not just interested in our spiritual parts. He's interested in all of our lives. Bless you and thank you and have a great week.